Amen. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. I get to say that again. Six more sleeps, Kelly says, yeah. <laughs> Keep posted. I'm sure Pastor will have some kind of address coming up yet this week. He usually does. I'm not putting him on the spot, but he usually does. Uh, so keep po posted for that, and uh, I'm sure he'll want to be saying something. He just loves to talk to his church. So um, I'm excited this morning. Good. I got some good news this morning. I got some good news this morning. There we go. <laughs> A few weeks ago, as we're discussing our, our speaking schedule, pastor says, well, you're up on the 19th. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I start thinking, what am I going to speak on? Start seeking the Lord and searching my heart. And I thought, well, it's the last Sunday of Advent. The theme would be love. I can speak on love. That's a good topic for Christmas, right? Well, a week later, Al comes up with this fantastic message on love. Thank you, Al. And I thought, well, okay, I could talk on Isaiah 61. You know, Jesus, quote, or Jesus quotes in Luke where he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news. And I thought, yes, that's a good one. The following two weeks, Pastor uses that same idea. Thank you, Pastor. Back to square one. So what am I going to speak on? Well, it's the last Sunday before Christmas, so let's bring a Christmas message. Right? So the first thing that came to mind was Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It's probably the most widely quoted scripture when it comes to the Christmas story. Right? And we can all say, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. We can stop there and we can have a Merry Christmas. Right? But something caught my attention. Those first two words that the angel said, fear not. And I thought, fear not. Why is that resonating in my heart? What does fear not have to do with Christmas? To tell you the truth, everything. And so I did some more searching. And I found out there's a few more fear nots in the Christmas story. And we're going to get into that. But fear not, I believe, implies much more than just settling the shepherds in their state of alarm. Right? I can imagine. Right? Picture this. You're in the middle of the countryside at night in the dark with your sheep. All of a sudden, there's this bright light that you can't even look at. And you fall to the ground and you're terrified. Like, what's going on? Like, panic sets in instantly. I get that. 
right? And the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Well, I think the angel's saying a little bit more than, calm down, I'm from God. I think it's more of a lifestyle thing to fear not. See, first of all, let's look at what fear is. Fear is being scared or afraid, which happens when someone shines a bright light in your face when you're not expecting it, right? Fear is fret and worry. Fear is anxiety, agitation, depression. Fear incites anger and aggression. There's a lot of fear in our world today. Fear of sickness and lack. Fear about an uncertain tomorrow. Fretting about corruption and taxation. Worried about the future and about what ifs. People easily angered and arguing over differences of opinion. We used to make comments to our friends in jest about something that they thought. It's like, that's what you think? <laughs> now that'll get you beat up in a hurry. That makes enemies now. It seems like all jesting and humor has gone by the wayside. Fear and anxiety are plentiful, but peace, joy, and love seem to be AWOL. Missing in action. When Jesus arrived on the scene in Bethlehem, life was not all peaches and cream. Times were hard. We think we got it bad. We don't. Pastor was saying this morning, we live in a good country. You know, there's some messed up things going on, I'll admit it. But we live in a good country, right? We're still allowed to gather. Right? We don't have to hide our meetings. We can carry a Bible around without getting shot. Right? We live in a good place. When Jesus arrived on the scene, times were hard. The Roman Empire was occupying much of the known world at the time including Judea, where Jesus arrived. And they were not known for being kind or compassionate. On the contrary, they were harsh, corrupt, merciless, and tyrannical. There were riots and revolts. There was turmoil and distress. We hear only the good thing that Jesus came into the world. Our Savior has come. All is well. But he came into the midst of chaos. He came into the midst of fear. <laughs> Isaiah talked about a people living in darkness. When Jesus arrived, there had been no prophetic voice for 400 years. Hope was all but gone. And peace was very hard to find. Then suddenly the angel arrives, right? But not once, four times. When you read the whole Christmas story, four times the Lord sent an angel as a messenger, right? 
I want to look at the four fear nots of Christmas and how that fear not is more than just a, it's okay, it's me, I'm from God. This is good news. This is great joy. If this doesn't get you rejoicing, nothing will. Okay, number one, fear not. Your prayer has been heard. Go to Luke chapter one. We meet Zechariah, a priest, and his wife Elizabeth. Both of them well along in age. Both of them upright and blameless in the sight of God. But they have no children. In their culture, being childless was a point of shame and disgrace. If you had no descendants, it was considered a curse or a punishment from God. So what do you think Zechariah is afraid of? He's afraid of his reputation. He's afraid of not having that descendant. He's afraid of being looked down upon, right? But Zechariah is on duty ministering before the Lord in the temple when an angel appears in front of him. But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. I'm guessing Zechariah had one basic prayer at this point in his life. Right? God, I want a son. You've blessed me in all other areas. I've got a good wife. I get to serve in the temple. But this one thing I lack. <clears throat> what is your prayer this morning? What are you believing God for? Have you given up? Or are you like the widow woman that Jesus talked about? She kept after the judge and kept after the judge and kept after the judge until finally the judge says, okay, this woman's going to wear me out if I don't help her. <laughs> keep after and keep after and keep after and keep after. That's not God's character to neglect us. Like the judge was tired, he's in bed, he doesn't want to deal with this woman. But she persisted and persisted and persisted and persisted and finally he said, okay, I'll help you. God's attitude towards us is not that, hallelujah, but we need that same persistence in our prayers. Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days before he got the answer, right? Before the answer broke through is the key. It didn't take three weeks for God to reply. Come on. It took three weeks of persistent prayer and fasting to break off the demonic influence that hindered the answer from coming. I need you to know this morning that your prayers have been heard. Many times we give up because we think, well, maybe God doesn't want us to actually have that. 
if we read the word, we know better. But when we get into our head, those thoughts, those doubts creep in there and they say, well, you know, your life is okay. You know, you've survived this long without that, you know. It's not that important. Well, no, God sent the answer right away. I need you to know this morning your prayer has been heard. And just like God, his answer was above and beyond for Zechariah. This son would later be called John the Baptist. The prophet sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. What a blessing. What a blessing. Not only did Zechariah and Elizabeth have a son, but he was used mightily by God. What a blessing. Number two, fear not, you have favor with God. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What was Mary's fear? A young woman engaged to be married. All she wants to do is please her husband. Right? Mary lived in a time where if she didn't please her husband... It wasn't a big thing for him to say, see you later. I'm getting a different one. Simply because he wasn't happy. What did Mary do to earn that favor from God? We're not actually told that she did anything. All I can see from what I read a little further on is that she had a heart that was perfect towards God. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. That's her response. The news is you're going to bear the Savior of the world. You're going to be the mother to the Messiah. Uh, thanks for the offer, but that's a little bit more pressure than I think I can handle. <laughs> Mary says, no, I'm the Lord's servant. If that's what he wants to do, then so be it. Right? That faithful obedience. I'm going to suggest that there were many young women in Israel with the same characteristics kind of in a similar situation. Why did God choose Mary? I don't know. He did. He chose to. He wanted to. He wanted to show his favor. And he needed somebody. So he chose Mary. She was faithful. She was obedient. Her heart was right. What has God called us to do? Who has he called us to be? We need his favor for what he has asked us to do. Right? God doesn't send us into the world and say, now go do this, but you're on your own. <laughs> right? In Acts, he says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
you will receive favor and grace when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. God's favor is for us. It is upon us. It doesn't matter if we're not carrying the Messiah. We're carrying the Messiah. God's favor is on us. What's in your heart? What has he called you to? If God has called you, you cannot fail. We have his favor. Number three, fear not. God is creating something wonderful in you. Or God is still working. Come on. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You ever look in the mirror and say, ah, what's wrong with me? Like every day, something? <laughs> Not quite that bad, but we all have days when we wish we would just get it right. Don't sweat it. That's just morning sickness and water retention. Remember, God is creating something wonderful in you. You look at yourself and you see, I'm not perfect yet. No, you're not. But God is working. Right? Is there a dream in your heart that you just don't know how to get it out? God is working. You have a desire and a goal, but you don't know the path. God is working. He's creating something wonderful in you. You look at your kids and say, God, help. God is working. He's creating something wonderful in them and in you. Just be patient and trust him. Don't be in fear. Don't be in fear. Don't allow those thoughts of failure to creep in and say it's not working. Because God is working. Right? Number four. Fear not, for your salvation has come. Luke 2, verse 10 and 11. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What are you believing God for this morning? What is your hope and your dream? What is your struggle? What is your battle? The answer has come. 
Is it sickness? By his stripes we are healed. You need financial breakthrough? The Lord shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You need freedom from sin and addictions. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Are you dealing with family issues? The Lord will perfect all that concerns me. You're struggling with fear. If God is for me, who can be against me? He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is focused on him. Struggling with temptation. Whenever you are tempted, he will give you a way out. Hallelujah. He doesn't say, here you go, off to the wolves. Now, hope you make it. He said, no, there's a way out. Sometimes that way out is marked run. Right? Sometimes we like to play with things and see, you know, that old thing, how close can I get to the edge before I fall? What's wrong with us? Falling is danger, right? We kind of get this adrenaline junkie thing going on. You know, we want to see what it's like and get that rush happening. Well, Jesus says, no, run. The highway is over here, guys. There's a guardrail because there's a dangerous cliff. It's to save your life. Not as a buzzkill, come on. Right? But there's a way out. Whatever you're facing today, Jesus has already overcome. And he has given us that victory. Right? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us, according to Romans chapter 8. So, what does fear not have to do with Christmas? Well, Christmas means that my prayers are answered. I have favor with God. And he is working on me in my situation. And I already have the victory. Christmas is the antidote for fear. And it looks like what Kelly mentioned earlier. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, thankfulness, and hope. There hasn't been a lot of Christmas in the air lately, I've noticed. Let's see if we can change that in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Amen? Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you that you are the antidote for fear. And you have called us to lay fear aside and to rise above it and to overcome. So, Father, as we approach the Christmas day this week, as we're going through this season of, of joy and thanksgiving and celebration, we ask that our hearts would be focused on you, that you would keep us in perfect peace, 
and that your light would shine so brightly through us that the world around us would see and rejoice and give you glory. We bless you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.